Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I know the season is changing when I get on the phone and I catch up with the closest friend that I have with Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Al Petrelli, TSO's music director. Uh, He's been on every TSO album so far, and TSO right now is doing what TSO does, and that is gearing up for a monster tour 2022 featuring the Ghosts of Christmas Eve, the best of TSO, and more, with more than 100 performances in 60 markets over just 45 days. It's crazy. This is the schedule they put on every year. And Al and I have talked about it for quite a few years on this radio station. How you doing, Al? I'm doing good, my brother. It's good to hear your voice. How's everything by you? Good, good, good. Doing well. Good to hear your voice. Every tour has an opening date, and for many, many years that opening date has been in Council Bluffs. Every year, you know this, Al, more fans discover TSO, and just like the fans that hear TSO for the first time, there are more listeners discovering our conversations here on KFOR. So if you would please uh, recall for listeners how TSO started the tradition of kicking off the tour in Council Bluffs. Oh, God, so long ago now. I'm going to say 2007, 2008, we had a couple days off in uh, Omaha. And, uh, you know, my managers at the time, myself, we were just like, oh, you know, let's kind of go explore. And went out to, uh, first place we went to a Sullivan Steakhouse and kind of kicked around town. I was like, wow, this is a great town. Anyway, we got to the venue at the Mid-America Center, and they were talking to the uh, the building managers, the GM, and just chatting about, you know, the structure of the building and all that. And somebody came up with the idea of rehearsing there, because I guess the hockey team wasn't going to be working throughout the month of, uh, you know, late October into early November. And our production manager said, this is like one of the few buildings in America that we can have both bands set up completely at opposite ends of the arena and do full-blown production rehearsals. And it's like smack dab in the middle of America. So wherever you know we have to get to after then, it's a shorter drive because we used to rehearse in Lakeland, Florida. We were kind of painted into a corner down in the southeast, you know. So that relationship kind of started then, and every year, you know, we kind of, the entire organization, all 300 people, you know, moved to downtown Omaha, set up camp, and the community has embraced us as part of their own. It's like a homecoming. We feel at home there. Uh, The folks in the hotel, the restaurants, everything in the community is wonderful. The folks at the Mid-America Center, you know, treat us like family. And it's just been a great relationship for a long, long time now, brother. So that's 20, uh, almost 20 years, uh, 15 years. 15, 15, 16 years, easily. And I might have the date wrong. It might be longer, but for a long time. Well, this year, the Mid-America Center welcomes Trans-Siberian Orchestra on November 16th. Then it's uh, off across the country, adding to their long list of nearly 2,000 winter tour shows for more than 17 million fans. Tickets, you'll want to know, they're available at trans-siberian.com. Mm-hmm. 
Every year there are updates and fresh approaches. You throw it up in the air, see what works, see what can be tweaked a little bit. You've got your traditional components, but what's new this year for the show? Well, first Al? off, we're going to change the uh, the the, um, the show, the story of the show. Uh, we haven't done the Ghost of Christmas even a bunch of years, and we decided to kind of kick the tires on that one again this year. Uh, I, I love playing this show because the, in this story, it uses songs from the first two records, which have become a, a lot of people in your community's favorite pieces. Mm-hmm. So you have the familiarity of that, you know, Paul O'Neill's incredible narration and poetry and the story, the characters, the songs, the whole thing. And that's going to be the familiar part because a lot of folks in your neighborhood like affectionately refer to them as uh, repeat offenders they've been coming back for years so we want to give them their tradition but we always got to put them back on their heels a little bit so musically the opening of the show and the back of the show we're going to play things we've never played before so that's going to be a lot of fun and production wise you and i have been having this conversation for many many years every year it gets bigger and crazier and more stuff so one of the uh most exciting nights of my life is when i land at the airport and i drive to the mid-america center and i see you know 20, 30 tractor trailers unloading all the gear into the arena, and I get to walk in and just kind of look at the crew and look at the cases and look at all the stuff that's on the floor and go, this is so cool, dude. I feel like a 14-year-old all over again. I have brought different people to different shows over the years, and we're going to bring uh, some Trans-Siberian Orchestra newbies to uh, the show this year, and they were asking uh, my wife and I, well, what are they? And I tried to describe and it's it's hard. It's really challenging to describe a TSO show. Yeah, you know, people have been asking me that question for almost, you know, 27, 28 yeah. years now. And I, I stumble through the answer because it really is hard to kind of, you know, just get one broad stroke overview of what it really is. But musically, I guess if we had to talk to some newbies, it's everything from the great composers, you know, mm-hmm. Mozart, Beethoven, Chopin, Liszt. Uh, right through good old American rock and roll, R&B, gospel, um, acoustic, guitar and vocal ballads, uh, you know, the most bombastic, over-the-top lighting production ever. I mean, we have more pyro lasers, moving trusses, video screens, hydraulics than anybody else touring. And all that said, at the center of this whole thing is this kind of almost theater presentation of a beautifully written story called Ghost of Christmas Eve that Paul Neil penned years ago. You know, he and his family just constantly, constantly, you know, raising the bar on artistic interpretation of these things in an arena setting. So you'll look in, I'll, I'll look in the audience, and you know this because you've been there a bunch. You'll see, you know, infants or two-year-olds mm-hmm. with their grandparents and all the generations, you know, in between, you know, the parents, maybe the great-grandparents, you know, three, four generations of families sitting together with their fists in the air celebrating this incredible work for two and a half hours. You know, I've seen, you know, older couples, you know, with the, you know those like uh, sweaters with the crochet, uh, crocheted <laughs> reindeers on them? I don't own one. Nor I, but I've seen them up I close have and to. personal. And, you know, they'll be sitting in the audience next to some guy in a, in a Slayer or Metallica hoodie, you uh-huh. know. So it's, you know, the music on stage is diverse as the audience that we're performing it for. And you really, it's really hard, unless you're there, you know, like I always tell people, you know, like watching a thunderstorm on TV is one thing, seeing it in person is a whole other thing. You know, I guess that's kind of us. That's a good way to put it. I'll remember some of that when I describe. Again, Trans-Siberian Orchestra on November 16th at the Mid-America Center in Council Bluffs. Get your tickets at trans-siberian.com. 
Uh, Al Petrelli, my guest, by the way, music director for uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I've been in a, a rock documentary phase lately, mm-hmm. Netflix and, and Prime, uh, Keith Richard documentary, Leonard Skinner, ZZ Top. Just finished an Eric Clapton rockumentary. Um, I saw that one. Yeah, Brian Jones. Brian Jones is another one, uh, yes. Star of the Stones. But the Clapton one, I, it really kept me watching because it talked about all the guitar players and all the musical influences and his attitude and the direction he did go and didn't want to go. And, uh, how, and, and I wanted to apply this to you. Uh, what did you listen to and who were you in awe of when you were growing up? Oh, well, first and foremost, uh, the Beatles. You know, I got yeah. to watch them 1964 on Ed Sullivan, and I was uh, two years old in my feety pajamas. And I don't really remember too much about the event other than it grabbed me in the innermost part of my heart and soul and never let go. You know, that was 1964. And then radio at that time. It was only AM radio, really, you know, and there was one station in New York. It was WABC AM. And in my dad's Pontiac, you know, he turned the radio on it. You know, there was the Beatles and the Beach Boys and Barbra Streisand, Frank Sinatra. Motown was just starting to come into its own. A lot of Broadway show tunes, like from The Sound of Music or, or um, West Side Story, if you will. Yeah. You know, those songs are being played on the radio. So basically, the only two styles of music back then, in my opinion, were good and bad. Yeah, it wasn't like genre-specific radio. It was long before the advent of FM and all that stuff. So I was exposed to whatever was coming through the radio, and I just fell in love with all styles of music, as did Paul O'Neill, the gentleman who created this whole thing. I, we both grew up in New York, so you go to Madison Square Garden in the 70s, and you'd see Zeppelin or The Who or Pink Floyd or Genesis or Kiss or whomever, and down the block was Radio City and Carnegie Hall where you could see you know, the great uh, composers' works being presented. And then there was the theater district, you know, where all the Broadway shows are going on. So if you're exposed to all that music and all that art, and you understand that, you know, uh, artists are a culmination of their influences, you know, and that's what Paul was, and, that, you know, that's what I explored as well. So I just love all styles of music. You know, and obviously with, with the guitar heroes in the 70s, you know, Leslie West and Rick Derringer and Johnny Winter and the Allman Brothers, the guys in Skinner, and then King Edward hit the scene. It's just been a long learning process that I'm still studying every day as a student. All right, let's fast forward then. What's on your Spotify account? I asked that question to Barry Manilow, and he said techno, which I thought was really weird. Uh, <laughs> but he says he likes the beat. He says the lyrics are, are crap, but the, he likes the beat. Uh, Tyler Stewart from Bare Naked Ladies, he, he listens to, he described it as Sunday morning soft piano type stuff, and he, he maybe occasionally get into some yacht rock, just some mm-hmm. variety and stuff. So what's on your Spotify when you have time? Um, to be completely honest with you, I don't have a Spotify. Okay. But what do you, <laughs> you listen know? to? I, I, the ringing in my right ear, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what, dude? Um, I, I, I don't listen to that much music, um, slash, when I do, I kind of go back, way back. Um, I'm a huge Count Basie fan. Oh. I'm a huge fan of a piano player named Chuck Lavelle, who used to play with the Allman Brothers, and now he's the Stones MD. Uh, my wife will be playing like more current music. I've just discovered uh, Chris Stapleton. I know he's huge, and I know yeah. that everybody knows who that is, but I did not. Uh, and then my daughters, who are six and eleven, listen to whatever you know current artists there are. So I'm kind of exposed to a lot of that stuff. And I made a point. 
I was saying, I'm not going to grow up to be like how my dad was. Like the first time I brought Dress to Kill by Kiss Home and put it on his turntable, he nearly had a stroke. You know, he's like, this isn't music, this is garbage, you gotta, uh, whatever. So I've learned to listen to anything that's being played in the house, and a lot of times, uh, you know, I'm kind of sitting there with the guitar on my lap or sitting behind the piano and just mindlessly doing anything but paying attention to what I'm doing, if that makes any sense. Well, listeners, yeah, it's not that I don't enjoy talking to the other people I talk to, the the mayor and the police chief, but but I sure like talking to you, Al. This just is, it's it's a lot of fun. You're creative, you're you're spontaneous, uh, and I'm looking forward to to the show. November 16th, Mid-America Center, Council Bluffs, get your tickets, trans-siberian.com. Don't know if I'll be able to make it backstage. I'll do my best, but have a great show when you're here. Well, my brother, okay. much respect and love to you and the family. Thank you for all the support all these years. And if I can see you, I will. If we can't because of COVID restrictions, just yeah. enjoy the show. And no, I'll be thinking of you and can't wait to come home. I'll be watching the faces of the newbies that will be sitting <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will do the same. Yeah. We'll Thanks, Al, very much. Next time, brother, stay safe. Al Petrelli from Trans-Siberian Orchestra with me on Lincoln Live.